Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsessions will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark down for a while. Hello and welcome to the dark forest. I'm Jackie Cation. You know the websites, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com. If you like a determiner, FamilyPetAncestry.com, which I just renewed because it's funny. Let's do the credits. You just heard the song that Mike Rickberg composed and sang with his wife, Sarah Cohen. He will sing his words to the Mexican hat dance at the end of the program. Patrick Brady's going to fix this audio and Vilmos does JackieCation.com, the website. DorkForest.com has available essentially player notes and the YouTube version of the show. You can listen to the show on iTunes and Stitcher and all the things, but you can also listen to it on YouTube or on dorkforest.com. JackieCation.com has all my stand-up comedy information and the merch for Dork Forest. You can get t-shirts, you can get CDs, you uh, can get pins that say Spooky Reading Girl or Meat Shield, but they are not available on the website. You have to email me, Jackie at JackieCation.com. There's also the calendar of my stand-up comedy to find out where I'm playing near you. If I'm not playing near you, talk to your local comedy club and request me. What the heck? There are also videos of my stand-up. You can watch my Conan. You can watch clips from my DVD and links to my other podcast, The Jackie and Lori Show on Nerdist, which is just about stand-up comedy. Anyway, there is also a donation button on both JackieCation.com and DorkForest.com. It's a PayPal button. Uh, all it is is a way to donate to support the show. You can do that by using the Amazon banner, which is just a link to get you to Amazon, which uh, supports the show. You just order like normal. It doesn't cost you extra. And you can use the donation button just to donate. If you don't like PayPal, you can Venmo me, Jackie at JackieCation.com. There is also uh, premium episodes at thedorkforest.bandcamp.com. And those cost $2 a piece because they're live episodes and they cost me some money to put up. So if you've run through all the episodes, you can go to Bandcamp and get like 10 more. What the heck? So much info. I'm sure I'm forgetting something. Thanks for supporting the show. Let's get into it. Hey, it's Jackie Cation. I'm in my living room with one of my favorite comics, quite honestly, Ted Alexandro. Welcome to the program. Thank you so much. I uh, just saw your six minutes at the cellar. Yes. Uh, about uh, Louis and Bill Cosby and um, justice. Yes. And it was a delight. Thank you. It was a, a little n- nice drop of sort of casual sanity. Mm. That's what I enjoy about your stand-up, by the way. It's a casual kind of sanity. I, that's I've never heard it described that way, but I think it's apt. I, I'll take that. Yeah, can't hurt, right? Yeah. So, uh, American public and internationals, uh, Rangers, know that you should go find Ted Alexandro, uh, who, by the way, has a brand new special on all things comedy. Uh, the specials, uh, they're doing specials now. All things comedy, of course, you know, is uh, the umbrella group that I am a part of. Uh, and so, atcspecials.com. And your show is called uh, Senior Class of Earth. That's right. And you are Ted Alexandro, which is all over the internet. That's how you find you, at Ted Alexandro or mm-hmm. TedAlexandro.com. That's exactly right. Now everyone knows as much as I do. Yeah. Let us speak to your dorkdom, which hilariously you said was musical theater. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've done many episodes about them. Still don't know much more about them as from the beginning. That's and, probably a good thing. And I claim it as much. I, I like them as well. Mm. Weirdly enough, but yeah, there's so many different. It's like saying I like music, 
Right. And then all of a sudden someone shows up and they like, uh, I don't know, that thing where they pound on the on the silver drums Stomp. and dance. Stomp. Yes. Yeah. I never saw that. I saw that in New York probably 15 years ago, like when it was, I don't know if that was when it was first hot or whatever, but yeah, that was, yeah, it was cool, you know? Yeah. It was cool. I saw something like it, uh, but it was a, it was clearly sort of a ripoff of the technique. Yeah. But it was a Soviet political um, about unionizing. Huh. And I saw it at midnight uh, until two in the morning in Minneapolis, Minnesota on wow. the West Bank. At yeah. a theater called the Southern Theater. And it was super powerful. We were all, it was late. Yeah. So we were all super tired. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then there was pounding of drums. So and, it, they incorporated both the pounding of drums with a political message. Yeah, yeah. Wow. It was a lot of sort of, I, if I remember, the, all the art was that kind of stylized Soviet uh, graphic design kind of stuff yes, from the yes. 90s. So cool. It was really cool. Yeah. And then they had those oil drums which I don't know they're at, but they that's what they were beaten on. Yeah, yeah. And then people were jumping, and there were two levels, and people jumped, but I think that's what Stomp is, right? Yeah, yeah, more or less. I think without the politics, if I remember. Yeah, it was yeah. just kind of like banging on drums. It was and just banging on drums pushing and dancing. brooms, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was about the working man, if I remember correctly yeah. as well, Stomp. It was about I, the joy. I think so, yeah. yeah. And my, my kind of theater dorkdom was you know and it's funny because i'm 49 now so i'm talking about like high school and college years flower drum song oh yeah yeah you know? <laughs> another racially sensitive moment for sure and, <laughs> and i was like you know kind of it was almost like my first um home base for artistic expression Okay. You know what I mean? Like, because I had taken piano lessons as a kid. Okay. And maybe that was kind of like my first identity in terms of like at the school. Right. Uh, if they ever needed somebody to entertain the kids for 10 minutes, yeah. they would call me up and I'd play. <laughs> um, but You then, still play? Just quick not, side. Not, you know, I, I studied jazz piano in college. So okay. up until then, I, I was pretty much playing all the time. Yeah. But there came a point where I just had this epiphany that I'm not a jazz pianist, and I was surrounded by really uh, incredibly talented musicians at college. And committed, too. Yes, yes. They wanted it. They wanted it, and they had a gift. Yeah. And I wanted it and did not have a gift, so that, that put me at a distinct disadvantage. It'll make you want it less. <laughs> it really did. It really did. It was like depreciating by the day, you know, so... I was like, yeah, this is too much for me. Um, you know, I, I love the arts, and I knew I wanted to be in the arts. And yeah. I was like, but what is going to be my what is going to be my thing? So, in high school and college, both uh, in school and also in community theater, like uh, my church had a pretty thriving um, theater. Oh, that's awesome! Club or department yeah, yeah. where this woman uh, and her husband, who coincidentally was a jazz uh, guitarist, mm -hmm. they were kind of the uh, spearheads of this church community group so i felt really lucky that every summer you know we put on a musical and uh wow yeah you are really lucky because yeah. that sounds like an, an andy hardy uh that sounds like an old-timey movie it, yeah, like it, there's some costumes in the attic let's put on a show that's exactly right yeah okay. yeah well what uh so okay so you're 15 14 15 years that's old right. that's right and in the summer either the community or the the School, yeah. and then during the year it was the school. The school. What did the uh, let's do church first? What did yeah. what did the summer? What were the summer productions? Well, I'll tell you. I distinctly remember as an audience member. So maybe I was thirteen at this right. point. 
going to see, they put on Godspell. And I had never seen it before. Sense. I've never seen it. Yeah. Wait, is it, I, it's is it the of, J- Joseph and the Coat of Many Colors? Or is that a different musical? That's a different one. Same <laughs> genre. Okay. Godspell is almost like the story of Jesus' life, but set to like a rock kind of um, oh, wait, are clowny the- kind of opera. Not not Jesus Christ Superstar. That's a heavier kind of depiction. Right. If I had to, like, uh, Godspell is more of a... A, is it a youth pastor kind of situation where uh, like hipsters? Like hipsters, yeah, yeah, yeah. like a hippie like version you, of the. You're gonna want this. This is amazing. <laughs> yes, yeah, yes. it could be fun. That's it, right. It's that's not right. all about that guy hanging up on the wood. That's right. All right. That's right. There's other layers. Yes. So uh, yeah, so I wasn't you know like I wasn't into theater that much at that point. I wasn't into uh, religion, and mm-hmm. I'm still not. But the, but seeing that musical as a 13 year old. And and these people that were just in our community up on stage, it was again like this epiphany of like wow, like I can like I can. How do you get to be part of that? And oh, yeah. the answer was you just show up. <laughs> <laughs> so from that day forward, like I would just show up. So the next play they did, I, I think it was Carousel. Okay, and I was just on the stage crew for that. I just wanted to be around this. Like Where what you is were this in thing? the in the community of it essentially? Yeah, yeah. The weird thing is, is now I want to see Godspell because when I was thirteen, I saw I didn't see Jesus Christ Superstar. I listened to the album, yeah, and I literally and I've been going to church since I was a, a, a tiny, yeah, and so I had a religious experience mm. because because it finally explained it in a way that I was like, oh, he's a guy, yeah, he's a yeah. guy who's trying to do his best, right, and he's very powerful, yeah, because he's. He just is. He's just very charismatic, and and people. He's like Jim Morrison. Yeah, this, this one, right? right, right. It felt it felt a little Jim Morrison. Yeah. It was weird they didn't cast him, except for he probably wouldn't have showed up. That's right. Uh, so, what do you want, James Inman? And uh, which is a weird comedy <laughs> reference. I'll be over here anyway. So, Godspell um, is okay. So that's that, and then Carousel. Did you? All I did in that one was I was up in the wings. Yeah. And a couple of times throughout the show, I let, for the night scenes, I let down a string of stars. That was my job, but I was thrilled as a 13-year-old or whatever I was to be... And you had to be there. I was It there. wasn't night without you, man. It was not night without me. <laughs> yes. So then the next year, I think I auditioned and I got cast. And then I was like, wow, I'm, I'm part of this. I'm on stage. It, that felt natural uh, as opposed to my yeah. later pursuit of, of jazz piano. Uh, so yeah, it, it was like wow, I'm part of this. I liked the um, just the com- the collaborative community feel of like we're putting on a show, you know? Right. Like, so and there's and there's 15 people or or 30 people or whatever. Yes. At that level, I mean, because those those are smaller productions, yeah, and everybody's fun. there. That's right. And you do it four or five times a week. Yes. And were you in band or, or orchestra or any of that? Yeah, I played in, in band in junior high school, uh, a little bit in high school. Like, I was in the pit band for uh, one of the school... Uh, Musicals? Musical of Greece. Uh, we did Greece, and I was the pianist for that. So, yeah, I was doing... I was kind of bouncing back and forth. Mostly, I'd say I was on stage. Like, yeah. we, we did a production of Greece in the, in the community right. theater group. We did West Side Story, all these things. So... My performing chops were kind of being developed, being in front of people. Um, what were yeah, there. so you were singing and dancing? Yeah, all of it. 
Yeah. You're so, a triple threat, Ted Alexandro. Who well, knew? Who knew? <laughs> yeah. And so, so how was uh, how was the choreography? Was it it was it was it pretty simple and it varied. Some productions it was pretty simple, which mm-hmm. which I was appreciative of, and others it was a little <laughs> sure. more involved. And yeah, I'm not. I wouldn't call myself. That's one threat that I, I, the, I don't, that nobody's threatened by. That nobody's threatened by that. <laughs> yeah, I, I had to work really hard on the dancing part. Yeah. But, um, you yeah, pretty, pretty good voice. Yeah, do, yeah. Do you pa- like passable, to sing? passable. Okay. I wouldn't call myself a singer, but yeah, passable. No, no, I'm a group singer. That's what I always think of it as. Yes, I like to. I love to sing. Yes, but it's really best if it, it occurs in a group. That's right. And That's uh, right. I'm good backup. Yes, yes. <laughs> as someone who's really good at singing. Yes, I can just, I'll remember the words and I'll be right next to you. And I'll be having the time of my life, for quite sure. honestly, because I genuinely like to sing. <laughs> but uh, the so you uh, did you have. Role, like were they real roles or yeah I was I was uh, lead like roles in most of these I was Tony in West Side Story I was Danny were Zuko you? in Greece what yeah yeah so I was lucky that yeah I was feeling uh, we well, got the good Italian looks for right. uh, for uh, uh, the the West Side Story jam that's right and then Greece Tony, I yeah. suppose those in and uh, and Danny Zuko has dark hair well yeah Travolta does back then I had like a thick head of hair that could be slicked up you know for the <laughs> for all these roles yeah so sure sure who doesn't yeah that that really I forget we did in in high school we did flower drum song the woman who did all the the reason I ask about the choreography is the woman who did all the choreography and was the theater director at South Milwaukee, Wisconsin uh, High School, mm. was Miss Kuligowski. <laughs> and she also worked with the community dance troupe called the Polish Krakow Dancers. <laughs> and so all of the choreography yeah. was Polish. It didn't flower drum song, Polish. No matter what, yeah. yeah. Mame. <laughs> we're, uh, we're doing the Polish. Uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of kicks. Anyway, so... Um, yeah. We could have used her in some of our productions, actually. Yeah. Right. Now, Carousel... That was never one of my favorites, just because no. it was sad. Yeah, yeah, same. Uh, West Side Story as well. I've never uh, King and I as I, well. You, you didn't like West Side Story? No, West Side Story. It was a bummer. I was like, hey, I'm bummed out now. <laughs> yeah, but I think as a young person, it was, I guess, almost the way Rent resonated with the next generation. Yeah. Uh, I think West Side Story kind of tapped into that other thing of like, oh, musicals are aren't always happy and kick line and like, like oh yeah i feel other things you know right right i think i had just read the outsiders yeah when i saw west side story and i was like oh no not more of this <laughs> yes and yes. uh you know when you're in junior high and they keep assigning like a separate piece yes and one sad sack book after another <laughs> that's right that's <laughs> right like, nope yeah they're hitting you over the head with yeah it. i think uh um i was babysitting when i saw the king and i and i called uh home and my stepmother goes what, what are you watching on TV? The kids are in bed. And I said, King and I. She goes, oh, he dies in the end. And uh, she was a big one for uh, ruining a movie. This was before the term spoiler alert. Oh, my God. Thing, she could have. Right? Uh, she also was the one who explained who Red Rosebud was. But mm. I was, she was watching it one afternoon on Saturday. Yeah. And I said, what's Rosebud? She goes, oh, it's his old sled from when he was a kid. And um, <laughs> I was like, all right. She said, go outside. And then I went outside. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Thanks for quickly learning. <laughs> but I, but I, you know, I look back on it and I was like, well, now actually, right now, I'm looking back on it and thinking, well, maybe that's why I don't like sad movies is because yeah. she was always like, oh, you're not gonna like it. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's Trying a bummer at the you. end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so also, I'd like to be alone, right. and uh, which is my parents' uh, entire mantra from my childhood. <laughs> I, I'd like to be alone. Yeah. And, 
Were you an only child? No, I'm the youngest of six. Oh, wow. So they were go. never alone. Yeah, I'm uh, the second oldest of five. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. All right. And so, we actually uh, all did theater together at one point. We're in, a, we're in about a 10-year span. The Von Trapps? Pretty much. Oh, my God. Pretty much. It was accidental, <laughs> but we all just gravitated towards... Performance. Performance. What did you do? What did you do as a group? Uh, we, we were all in, I think, I guess all of us were in West Side Story, uh, maybe Greece. Oh, really? Oh, great, because you all went to the same church, so you were all in that church group. And all looking for something to do in the summer. Yeah. So my parents were thrilled, all five of us were in one place, out of the house. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we did a few shows where it was all five of us and a bunch of others What's where... What's the breakdown to boys to girls? Three boys, two girls, in that order. In that order. We're yeah. four boys, two girls, in that order. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, my wife is also one of five, three boys, two girls. Yeah. It's, uh, it's funny about the, um, the, the second girl, because yeah. you're wondering what, why... Uh, well, first of all, why the first? Why the first boy? <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah. it's uh, as my sister likes to say, you know, the condom was invented in the 1700s. <laughs> I don't think you understand. Yes. And uh, yes. and then everyone else goes, but you wouldn't have been born. And she says, yes, I would, have, but I would have been a Rockefeller, like I was meant to be. <laughs> there were other options. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it would have all worked out. <laughs> anyway, but um, so how did the, so you got to be Tony? You're the second oldest. Second did the, oldest. What did the oldest get to play? Uh. My older brother, like in Greece, was Kanicki. I was uh, Danny. He was Kanicki. So he has a lot cool. to offer, girl. I don't That's know if you right. know that about Kanicki. <laughs> oh, for but sure. he's got a lot to offer. He does. Uh, so <laughs> tell me more. <laughs> okay. So it was cool. It was cool. Like, yeah. One of your sisters didn't play Rizzo, did they? No. You know what was funny? That's really for the best. One of my sisters, bizarrely, was the understudy for Sandy. <laughs> Oh, also would have been awkward. <laughs> Very awkward. So luckily, <laughs> Sandy was of good health and never... Uh, I'm sure your sisters were like, damn it, if they keep getting the leads, I will never get the love that's interest. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. For... I kind of stood in their way for a few years. <laughs> <laughs> they were much younger, though. They were, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Luckily, they were... They had least... the rest of their lives ahead of you. You just for had this sure. one summer to play Tony. And I don't think I prevented it because for my Danny. sister Trish is an actress. So, you know, she, she thrived anyway. I oh, didn't, good. I didn't... No impediment to her career. Is she in New York? She's in New York. Yeah. Okay. Does yeah. she do musical theater at all? Uh, no. Primarily now, she's she's uh, she writes her own stuff. She does character stuff. She acts. You know, all all different types of genres. It's it's the way with actors. That's it's right. the, They're like comics. They fi- they're like, no, I need to act, and then right. they go out and they find community theater, or they write their own thing, or they make student 100%. films, or yeah. yeah, yeah. You kind of just uh, you get into that network the way comedians do. Right. It's one of my. Uh, it's it's always been a reveal as to why. I I clearly don't want to be an actress mm. as much as I want to be a stand-up comic. Is That's because right. I don't go and find acting gigs. Yeah. But I like to act. Same. Whenever they – I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. No, I would love that. Yeah. In other news, <laughs> I will go out and find a freaking stand-up set. Oh, for sure. Yeah, on a 100%. So. And I think, you know, that that was like kind of a revelation for me too was like, again, knowing that I wanted to be in the arts. That was the one thing I knew probably from, you know, a kid. Uh but I didn't know like what form it was going to take. But like when I went to college, I kind of had this aversion to like getting a degree in acting. I just felt like, why do you like get a degree in acting? Like that doesn't make any sense to me. I know I can act. I've been doing it since I was thirteen. Right. So I think um, it's just sort of a, a a completion. Yeah. Thing more than no. Though I'm I'm probably wrong. I mean, I have a degree. In political science by accident. Yeah. Uh, because they said I had to pick a major. Right. And I was right. like, all right. 
Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to do stand-up. And they're that's like, right. we don't care. <laughs> we genuinely don't. Well, that's a good marriage, though, political science and stand-up. But... Well, except for I never did political comedy until about two and a half years ago. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. It was sociopolitical, I guess, a yeah, little. Yeah. But just because I'm alive. Yes. Uh, but now it's political political because I'm alive. That's right. And, uh, that's right. I feel I don't the same way. Yeah. yeah. I would love to tell you more jokes about my dad. For sure. Yeah. yeah he's Pe- hilarious. <laughs> yeah. People say to me, like... When did you shift to more socio or more? I'm like, have you been paying attention? Like, yeah. Wh- like, yeah. We this if we talk about this stuff every day in conversation, why wouldn't I bring that on stage? That's the only jokes I'm. I mean, that's where I have to make myself laugh during the day. <laughs> yes. Or just curl up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just call it. That's right. And so if I can, if I make myself laugh during the day about something political, I'm going to. To use that on stage. It's Absolutely. the same thing happens when I'm hanging out with my dad. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. If I make my, I have to make myself laugh about him too because he's a piece of work. God love him, love him dearly. Yeah. And yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. As far as like the uh, the pathway to, yeah. for, for me, it was like musical theater at first was like the safe place of yeah. This feels right. This feels like home. And then from there, uh, started doing a little bit of stand up and sketch comedy. Uh, as part of a group, right. um, first as first as a group, then as a duo. One of my best friends from college started going to open mics in New York City. Who is a duo? Who, who, who did I no, do it with? No, no. You, you, well, yeah, eventually. But so I did not know that you came from duo people. I, that was how it started. That's yeah, how it began. That's how it began. What was the act? My friend Hollis James and I just uh, met in college. Okay. Belong to the same sketch group mm-hmm. and then ventured out into like, you know, we would go to audition night at the comic strip in New York and just all the bad open mics around New York. And just riffing? No, we wrote it. It was very, uh, very written. Okay. Very like everything to the word. Just you know, scripted, scripted like almost Scar like, Brothers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of that kind of vibe. Uh, almost sketches... Within, like, you know, we would do this, like, here's a two-minute piece on this. Yeah. Now here's another, you know, we would just, like, segue. And it was, like, fun and silly. Um, but, yeah, it was, you know, ill-fated, uh, ultimately. Right, right. I mean, eventually those things either, they stick or they don't. Right. And, um, and more and more I also knew, like, I want to do this alone. This, you know, right. I felt right. compelled. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, there's... There's so many reasons to do stand-up alone, one yeah. of which, for me, is the responsibility to no one. That's right. Uh, like, if you're in a duo, you better be there for that person. That's right. <laughs> On the one hand, it was nice to, like, whether a gig went great or horribly, it was nice to kind of commiserate if it was bad, mm. or, you know, just to kind of have somebody to... Yeah. On the train ride home or the, the car ride home to, to, to talk about it with. Yeah. But at a certain point, like you said, I'd almost rather succeed or fail on my own and more and more of the stuff that i was writing was my own stuff so it's just a natural kind of progression fair enough so um did so you have always lived in new i mean you've lived in new york for decades right yeah i mean no for since forever really i I was born in queens and uh other than a, a brief stint living in india when i was four or five years old my parents uh moved there to kind of do some teaching so my earliest childhood memories are India. Did you ever ride an elephant? I did. Thank you. I absolutely did. Uh, everyone who's been to India, I would like to know. It's one of the things I want to know. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yep. do you have a picture of yourself on an elephant? I absolutely do. And well, you should. Yeah. Because uh, it's a neat thing. I vividly and I, remember it, yeah. We're going uh, to Cambodia and Vietnam. Wow. Uh, and um, probably going to be a lot. I was just talking to my husband. I said, can we 
maybe ride an elephant? And he goes, going to let you in on something. They're not psyched, the elephants. <laughs> and I said, oh. I also don't want to swim with dolphins for the same reason. Mm. Why don't we leave them? Yeah. It's a, how about I look at an elephant and yeah. say, well, I hope it all working out over there. Yeah, sure. Anyway, you and, then he, halfway, and right? then he showed me a video of uh, uh, somebody playing with a baby elephant that mm. was hilarious because yeah. the baby elephant did not know its own strength. <laughs> and uh, and this young woman was being kind of squashed by the elephant, but oh, not wow. in a bad way. Yeah. But just, you know, she could not stop laughing. She's like, uh, this freaking <laughs> elephant is 350 pounds. That's scary, yeah. That's kind of, and she, was, she wasn't super, she just thought it was, at one point, she could not move. Oh, and, but she was laughing. And then we're Someone with a camera and other people there to take the baby elephant. But the baby elephant yeah. was just being a puppy. Right, right. Yeah. But yeah, baby or not, though, it's an elephant, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's... It's a large animal. I remember being on the elephant and, uh, again, I was four going on five. Uh, I remember, like, how surreal it felt and, like, you know, an elephant, when you're a kid, is just almost like a fictional, like something you... Like Dumbo, right? Right. So being on top of it was... Thrilling, but but scary too, because like you said, the temperament was like they were. You could tell they weren't thrilled. Yeah, um, it's a wild animal for sure. It turns out, even though they're a pretty good sports, yes, from all accounts, yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're so, probably taught to be right, right, right. Imagine. They're and bred to be, no yes. doubt. So, um, okay, so New York. So, did you see any? So, did you guys go and see musical theater when you were a kid, or any sort of? Um, yeah, my mom and dad, like, yeah, they definitely were supportive and fostered all of that, you know, uh, again, because our commu- local church community theater group was, was decent, right. uh, and at times really Maybe good. Maybe field trips too, right? With those guys? Yeah, yeah, we would go, yeah, and we'd go into the city and see, um, you know, we'd go to like Radio City for the Christmas Spectacular. Okay. That kind of stuff, but we'd go to Broadway too, um. That's neat. Yeah, yeah, it was like a treat though, because we, we lived in Queens, so the city was, you know, even though it's right there, it was like a treat. We're going into the city. To right. See it you. used to be much more separate. Absolutely. Now it's just bled all into itself. It's one thing. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So uh, I remember I went to the first time I ever went to New York was in the 80s. Mm. And my friend was from Queens. Mm-hmm. I have one friend from Manhattan and one friend from Queens. And my friend in Queens was like, well, you should come and have an Italian ice. And I was <laughs> like, should I? What's an Italian ice? Yes. And, uh, <laughs> Did, would you guys call it like a water ice or something? Did you have a name, any uh, kind of name they, for that? They were snow cones. Snow cones, yeah. Yeah, we just called them snow cones. And right. she was like, it isn't a snow cone. <laughs> and I was like, and then I ate it. And I was like, it's kind of a really good snow cone. Yes. And uh, she's like, it's a really good snow cone, though. And yes. I was like, fair enough. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, so okay. So, what are your? I've I've weeded off as per usual. But what are your favorite? Um, so, to, sort of take me through sort of the the eighties night. Like, have you seen the ones in the fifties? Like, you've seen Oklahoma and all the. You uh, know, the, yeah. What was interesting? Gigi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was interesting for me was studying jazz piano. Uh, you become intimately aware of the American songbook, much of which comes from Broadway musicals. The Cole Porter and Rodgers and Hammerstein, Rodgers and Hart. A that, lot of that's these, a term, though, right? The, the American, American songbook? songbook? Yes. What yes. does it mean? I it forget. It means uh, kind of the canon that made was made famous by, let's say, Louis Armstrong, 
uh, Frank Sinatra, to- Tony Bennett. Um, okay, so they it's the thing that they refer to if it's a famous song written by Americans. Yeah, in the dawn of sort of great American music. That's right. Yeah. Okay. A, a lot of it, and it's referred to it as the American song. The great, book. Yeah, the American songbook. Uh, a lot of it was, you know, from uh, Broadway musicals. You know, maybe a lot of times the musical was a flop, but there's one or two songs that become like. You know, oh, like, and, One Night in Bangkok. There you go. There you go. The, a classic piece of the American songbook. Except for British, but the only song out of that thing that anyone knows. That's right. Out of That's chess. Right. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, all these great songs, you know, The Way You Look Tonight, all, you know. Uh, What's that one from? I don't know that. Yeah, gosh, I, I don't remember... I don't remember. I'll have to look that up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fair enough. I'm, yeah. I'm sure someone... There's at least three rabid musical theater fans that are listening to this right now going, I know. Please let uh, us know. Please. Jack yeah. Jack Education. <laughs> let me just email you. And, yeah, we're comedians now. We're, I'm no longer... <laughs> well, and the, the, the musical episodes are always so funny because people are like, you didn't get to this. And I'm like, I rarely do. You know that. You're <laughs> right. listening. Right. Anyway, so, yeah, the, the songs from the different music... I mean, there's... Yeah, so so for me again the, the the jazz piano thing without like when I declared my major of jazz piano, I was not aware of how much I didn't know about music in general, about jazz music specifically. Right. Uh so so much of, a lot jazz, of work, I bet. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was constantly scrambling. I was behind the eight ball, but it I was so motivated to catch up. Okay. Oh, that's great. Uh, yeah, and I loved it, you know. So I was finding out about all these songwriters and finding out about uh, jazz and how the jazz musicians would cover the Great American Songbook and take these songs that were written by Cole oh. Porter or whoever and improvise on them. So mm-hmm. it was like, you know, kind of it was like a standard song form or mm-hmm. a, st- a standard song. Right, there was a frame there that they would then play around with. That's right. Okay. So for me, then studying John Coltrane or Thelonious Monk, Charlie Parker, uh, I was seeing, uh, and I was kind of absorbing a skill set that, that, that didn't serve me in jazz because I didn't have that skill set. But I think later, the work ethic that I learned in music uh, kind of translated to stand-up in weird ways. Well, I, th- I think it's so interesting how different people do stand-up because whatever their work ethic is, is how they do you know, Lori Kilmartin is, I'm going to sit down and write a set list mm-hmm. and I'm going to work on this. These are the seven minutes I need to work on this mm-hmm. week. And I'm going to take a scalpel out and yes. remove the word the. That's right. And <laughs> you're like, uh, that is not how I do it. I uh, <laughs> essentially like to paint the whole house and then go back and touch up everything. Yes. So that's more how I do it. But yeah, but yeah. it doesn't mean... Of course, there, there's any right way. It's just right. it is fascinating, for sure. Yeah, and, and for and me, the skills oh, you learned. That's right. And, and, and for me, like that adapted over time too, because like when I started, I was more what you described with Lori of writing it to the word, and then just oh right, yeah. You know? But then in recent years, maybe the last ten, um, more of what you said, uh, going up with like a skeleton framework. Mm-hmm. And splattering paint around and, and just seeing and then kind of working backwards from there. It helps to have the, the, the experience to not be scared. That's right. You know, the, 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 the chops to, that you know that there's something there. It'll be fine. That's right. It's sort of um, – I watched improv and yeah. I've, I've seen a lot of improv and I've seen a lot of 
uh, terrible improv, sure. and it's been mocked uh, to ad nauseum. But to see great improv or to see really, really good improv yeah. was a learning experience uh, because I saw it was Matt Besser and Sean Conroy mm-hmm. do improv, and they'd been doing improv as long as I've been doing stand-up. Right. And they were so relaxed. Mm. They did not go for any sort of obvious jokes or any kind of obvious things. But they also did not fear that they were about to be monsters. Mm-hmm. Like they literally just were like, "No, there's something going to be funny here. It's going right. to be fine. I'm going to refer to my personal experience. Mm-hmm. We're gonna. I'm going to look into what uh, my education, educational background. I'm going to look into pop culture. And yeah. they just. It's a rolodex that just goes thwip 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 thwip. Yeah. And they do it automatically yes. because of the muscle reflex. Yeah. 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 That that's such a good analogy too with the the Rolodex and kind of the instant recall, right? And and you see it with stand up. With stand up too, too, right? Where something happens in the moment or whatever, and the more you've done it, you just find the right solution, and right. and you also learn to trust that, which you yes. don't, you don't trust it when you're starting. No, no, and you and, and you, you get shouldn't. scared, and you shouldn't, <laughs> yeah. and then but so then you just are like any reaction at this point. I'm yeah. a year in. Leave me alone. <laughs> yes, and uh, and you also you fear silence, and you also fear. Uh, like if something's not, you can sense something is not going in the direction you want it to, and then you comp- you compound <laughs> the mistakes when you're younger <laughs> instead of maybe sometimes just uh, realizing that it's not as bad as you think. Right, right. By the way, uh, everyone should go to um, atcspecials.com and get Senior Class of Earth and watch all things Ted Alexandro, quite honestly. Uh, I've been... You know, we don't hang out, but your stand-up think, is incredible. Thank you. I th- I think we did Seth Herzog's show. In right, New, I've, in New I've York. done New York sets with you. Yes, that's that's the only ones I've done. So and, rare, but yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 a shame that we don't see each other more. Right, because uh, I would like to. I would too. Uh, <laughs> so there you go. And so the um, so you took all that stuff from the from the jazz, mm-hmm. and then. Did you go back to see the originals? Like, the, like the, you mentioned yeah, Rent yeah, a and lot stuff. Of it, and, yeah, a lot of it I did. And th- that was what, you know, the disappointment of not realizing that dream of being a jazz musician uh, is just a small part of, like, the larger thing of it introduced me to jazz history, which... I came to understand was American history. It's just inextricably yeah. linked with like when you learn about Louis Armstrong, when yeah. you learn about Miles Davis or you know uh, Ella Fitzgerald, any of these people, you're really learning American history and and uh, versions of American history that aren't really told. No, because they in a normal version of American history they wouldn't be in the book. That's right. That's so right. So the fact and they that certainly wouldn't be the hero, right? Yeah. And so to hear their story is to see perspective of sort of like um, Howard Zinn's People's History. That's right. Just sort of if you take a a different perspective. So if you look at American history through Louis Armstrong's eyes, Mm -hmm. you're like, oh, what was going on? Yeah, yeah. When everyone else is just like, oh, it was the Depression, and you (laughs) know, people were saving patent dimes because they were made out of silver. Yeah. And you're like... But Louis Armstrong couldn't find work because he was a black man, and yeah. the white people were poor. And That's so right. the black people were dying. Yeah, and there was almost like this epiphany uh, uh, and a shameful one of like kind of um, realizing not just the humanity of these people, but 
the greatness, like because they're not, you know, we're kind of conditioned to equate like the white legends with being like the American heroes. But I was almost ashamed of the fact that I, I didn't realize the 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 legends of American music. You know, I'd heard the, I'd heard obviously sure. I'd heard Louis Armstrong's music and stuff. But there was an element of just realizing, wow, this guy in, uh, affected everyone who followed, you know, and not just jazz musicians, but anyone who solos or or even us as comedians, you know, like yeah. the, the way of approaching something. How did he approach stuff? Like just he anecdotally, an, is there any? He had an innate gift for essentially never playing anything the same way twice, you know. Oh. His language was such, his musical language was such that he could take a phrase, and if you heard him play the same song, he rarely repeated a phrase. He would just change it a little bit, a different inflection, a different way of phrasing uh, the notes. And so that was what he brought to, like, y- like the, the, the musical phrase, you all knew it, you know, even if it was like, uh, you are my sunshine or something that we all know. But then he would play it differently every single time. And it was so effortlessly... That you didn't notice. You did, you just you were like, no, this is the song I know. That's right. It's just got a fun twist. And in there's it. a joy, yeah. There's a joy that just exudes from him because he has such a mastery, you know. So that's right. the highest level of mastery. You don't well, I think um, who's the famous clarinet player? Benny Goodman. Mm-hmm. So when I took clarinet in third grade, <laughs> uh, I wanted to play like Benny Goodman, and my teacher was like, good. Um, and when you're as good as Benny Goodman, you can hold it like that. <laughs> and um, but it's sort of that. Yeah, it's sort of like that where the skill level and the joy was so obvious mm. when you listen to him. Yeah, because sometimes I have I have trouble with jazz where I I'm like sure well you're not playing the notes <laughs> right and uh, nobody asked me yeah uh, so <laughs> yeah no and but, jazz does go into so many different levels and I think there are levels of mastery that it almost kind of gets in the way of communicating to the average listener who doesn't have that skill right or i don't know where you're coming from like right. I, I haven't i haven't made the journey with you i think it when, once you make the journey yeah in, i suppose in any art form then yeah. you can appreciate the furthest reaches of it right and okay. I, I, i'm so glad that i did find stand-up to express like because it, it was like a i don't know if you had this but it was like a yearning to be heard in some way or a yearning to like express something. Yeah. And again, I was looking, I thought it might be music. I thought it might be acting. Right. Yeah. Right. But then, yeah. So I, I'm really grateful that that was, uh, resolved, uh, that, that yearning right. was resolved, uh, in, in standup. Right. And, it, and people who always say, well, I want to try and do standup. I always want to say, then just try it. Cause you will know almost immediately. <laughs> That's right. If you are addicted. Yeah. <laughs> and it, if you aren't, don't sweat it. Yeah, yeah. There'll be something else, man. Yeah. Just keep trying. Just th- throw all the things. Yeah, and I'm of the mindset, like, I'm not this one that, like, oh, everyone, you know, everyone's a comedian now, or, like, kind oh, of... Oh, I never, yeah. It's like, yeah, great. Everyone should try it. It's Please. just ta- It's just talking, you know? It's everyone should be able to talk, and everyone does want to be heard. Yeah. And, um, and to some extent, there's so many stories, to, of not even some extent, but uh, there's so many points of view that have not been heard. Sure. So... You probably have one. That's Everyone right. has one. Yeah. So let me hear it. <laughs> sure. Feel free to write a joke around it. Yeah, I'm not threatened by more people telling their stories. No, you know? no, I can't. I can't be. I was talking um, 
to Lewis Lee, you know, Lewis, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, owns a comedy club in, in Minneapolis, Minneapolis yeah, right? Sure. It's my home club. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I think I made, he made some comment about how I, I should do something that somebody else did. And I was like, why do I got to do something the way he does it? Because he's successful. And, and uh, he goes, yeah, you're fine. Don't worry about it. And uh, he's like, there's plenty of work for you. Don't worry. And I was like, all right, then book more women. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, how about and he's like, I gotta go. And I'm like, Louis, you're <laughs> killing me. That's a conversation ender, usually, right? <laughs> he's like, Don't tell me how to run my club. And I was like, You're telling me how to run my there you go, bossy Magoo. That's anyway, right. so Annie Hodel. So what do you? What are your favorites? What are your? What which? Uh, what 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 musicals do you want to talk about? Um, at length, anything you want to? Do you see Hamilton? I did see Hamilton. Yeah, we saw that somewhat recently. Um, yeah, I loved it. I mean, I well, this is a kind of a weird departure too. But my bro- my older brother and I had a rap group in the l- mid to late eighties called Brotherly Love. Yes, at the the kind of the inception of rap. Why we wouldn't were- you? Why wouldn't you at the late eighties? <laughs> Jeez, it's uh, KRS One's right there. Oh, he's yeah. just talking. He's Scott LaRock. That's Ain't, r- you ever get to meet him? I, you uh, know, I, it's funny you bring up those names because. My brother Rich and I performed at the Apollo for their amateur night, late 80s. Uh, and You have balls the size of Gibraltar. Oh How was God. that? After that, everything was easy. Yeah. Everything was easy. Yeah, we two white boys from Queens performing at the Apollo uh, got booed doing off. Doing hip-hop. Do, doing, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there were no, I, I think the Beastie Boys were around at that point when we did it. But that was probably it. There were probably some guys, and everybody was living in hope. Yes. I mean, there were a lot of young white guys who were totally living in. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. For sure. You got booed off? We got booed off in probably less than a minute. Like, I would say we made it about 40 seconds. Okay. Yeah. Which was, we were proud of. That's all right. And not it's bad. like, it's bull riding, man. <laughs> that's exactly what it was. That's exactly what it was. So, yeah, again, that was kind of a, another extension of the dream. Yeah. That fell by the wayside. By mm-hmm. the wayside. Um but yeah, so what made me think of that was Hamilton. So when I saw Hamilton, I, I definitely had an appreciation of like, wow, this is high art that deserves to be on Broadway. And another, like you were saying with stand-up too, another voice that has merit and is uh, just so art- such a high artistic level. And a weird perspective. For sure. I heard the album before I saw any of the clips. Yeah. And I lost my mind. I don't know if you know this. Middle-aged white lady. Uh, destined to love Hamilton. Yes. Anyway, so... Well, I mean, uh, the names you just dropped. You, I mean, how many middle-aged white ladies from Milwaukee know KRS-One and <laughs> Skylar Rock? Uh, it was... They're almost... <laughs> I know probably seven hip-hop... I mean, I have... I have one album from everybody is is the deal, <laughs> but it does cross every genre. Oh, yeah. So I saw Miles Davis one time mm. in Provincetown, wow. uh, Massachusetts. He asked for if anyone he had had floss, and there was <laughs> a lady <laughs> in the front row who did. And he said, "Here's the thing about uh, Trump. He played trumpet, right? Yes. Hi. Uh, <laughs> it, he said, the thing about trumpet player, uh, you don't want to hear me play without without me getting dealing with this. Mm. So there was a woman in the front lady who had some floss in her purse. So and, mid uh, mid show, he he just needed some floss. Even before, ah. he was like, he got out and he was just like, he he tried, and then he was like, nope, not working, not working. Gonna need some floss. Anybody got any <laughs> floss? And, uh, and well, there's even even uh, though it's non musical, there's a, a great example of somebody who's comfortable improvising, right? Because yeah. he realized like this is not going to work. Let me ask right. the crowd for some floss. Right, and it was 300 people in a weird churchy town hall kind of a space. Wow. It was a weird, in 1989. What was your takeaway, well, aside from the floss, which is obviously indelibly... In, 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 yes. What, what was your takeaway I, from the performance, the vibe? I 
It was weird because it was a it was all seated white people that were gay mm-hmm. and elderly, yeah, mostly, <laughs> right. And because uh, there's a lot of couples who live in in Provincetown, right? Which is why, and they're fabulously wealthy, mm. even in 1989. Yes, that that's why they could afford to get Miles Davis essentially for their birthday party. Right. Uh, and he was like, "Fine, just I'll do it. I would like a bag of cash. I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah. I'm just yeah. gonna play some music, and then you people can live your lives. Yeah. And so uh, those weird dynamics. Were... It was a weird dynamic, yeah. and I barely knew who he was mm. because. Um, I was in marching band, yeah, yeah, and I was a bit of a marching band snob. Yeah, welcome to the Dork Forest, uh, <laughs> where I was like, I liked, I like, I still like parades. Yeah. I love marching bands. Sure, <laughs> I like drum and bugle corps. Yeah. Um, so, so the it one was thing that his performance was lacking was uh, there was no Structure. marching. Yeah, yeah, there was. A little, uh, you know what it was? It was a lot of improvised trumpet. But since I love trumpet, yeah. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. But I was like. I didn't recognize any yeah, of the music, and I right. and I think that also <laughs> is something I like. I like to right. recognize the music. But isn't it nice to feel uncomfortable sometimes and to have your mind blown of like, yes. I don't know what's going on right now. Yeah, yeah. and it. I'm, I mean, when you when I look back on it, I'm like, what did I get to see? And <laughs> right. and, and I blew, and it blew my mind. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I mean, it's one of those. Yes. Yeah, it's nuts. Yeah, sometimes you don't in real time. It's not all making sense, right? Right, and you just, which is why people got to practice <laughs> knowing that whatever you're experiencing could be amazing. You don't know for sure. You're watching, I don't know, your kids uh, singing, and I mean, it's just. I went and saw my niece uh, sing one time uh, with her. They it was their concert. And they were terrible, but they were 11. Yes. So they weren't going, I mean, it would have been very rare if they would have been amazing, yeah, right. but they were all trying very hard and they were, and I literally, I was so happy that mm. they were doing it yeah. that I laughed until I cried. Huh. And so, cause it was absurd. Yes. How bad it was, but I loved how <laughs> happy they were. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's, to me, even when you were talking about bad improv or bad stand-up, which we've both seen plenty mm. of and and literally brought into the world ourselves. Right, right. I was there. I was responsible, yeah. <laughs> I was responsible. So the, there's been some trouble. Yeah, yes. But, but just even that has merit, like sometimes, both for p- performer, and, sometimes not. Sometimes it's a total train wreck. But, uh, but yeah, if you're alive... Those things you can uh, find some joy in that for sure. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And uh, so, so you got to see. Yeah, Hamilton. The perspective of Hamilton is the fact that they were great American. You were because you were talking about Louis Armstrong yep. and the perspective of history mm-hmm. is what Lin Manuel Miranda did. Well, yeah, just having an all uh, black or people of color cast, right? cast, it, right, turns it on its head. Essentially, essentially revealed the humanity of right. other people. Yes, which is, again is a good way of putting it, which I kind of, again, once I started reading about all these jazz musicians, the humanity washed over me and there was a shame, which, you know, wasn't my own fault because entirely because of the way that we're educated, you know, like you said, they're, they're, they're removed from so much of history. Right, that, you're not, you're not, you're not encouraged to look in that, in, at, at that perspective. That's right. So, and the purpose of art arguably, yep. is to freaking change your perspective. For sure. And Hamilton blew my mind for that because mm-hmm. 
you know, I've, I've never considered myself a racist. Yeah, yeah. And then to have your own racism because it's not – it's like the definition of racism when I was a kid was, well, you hate black people. Right. You hate people because of the color of their skin. Yeah. Well, just because I don't doesn't mean that I'm not doing racist things. Yeah. If There's you're American, you're, layer. On, you're on the spectrum. Yeah. You're on the, you know. <laughs> and, right. And so the, as the layers got peeled away, yeah. there is shame, but only because of, of – of the of the brightness of the light, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I can learn this. That's right. And people have always just wanted to be people. Yes, women have wanted to be people since the beginning. Yes, people of color. It turns out they're just people. Yes, and we all to learn it. Yeah, yeah, is this, almost dizzying sometimes. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and to sit in it and to sit in that reality, you know, and. And then just maybe be quiet, you know? Yeah. Yeah. To not immediately spew your thoughts on the whole thing. <laughs> I have a dissertation. I just had a realization <laughs> and I'd like to everyone's attention. <laughs> exactly. Which one of my favorite things about musicals is that there's always a B plot. There's always a, like, you know, South Pacific. Yes. The racism song. Oh, you have to be yeah. carefully taught. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. It's uh, uh, Guys and Dolls. Yeah. Um, it's. Uh, the the it it Marlon Ka- Brando. Brett Kavanaugh could could probably have sung "There's Nothing Like a Dame" at his uh, oh. at his questioning, right? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I wish he would have. <laughs> it would have been more fun if they'd all if all of those white guys would have just broken into. Have you ever seen that? Uh, uh, what's the song? Oh, I'm gonna massacre it, of course. But uh, it's nobody speaks, nobody gets choked. Remember that? A rap song. It's a rap song. Yeah, that's yeah. Out now. And the video. Is essentially them and him at the UN, and it's like nobody speaks, nobody gets choked. It's a great video. Somebody edited that song into. Uh, oh, into Brett Kavanaugh. Uh, that's what I'm asking. Oh no! Oh no! This, this no, no! Video. The actual music oh, video. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes, yeah, I did see that, that old one. Yes. So the, an old being eight months ago. Right. So, uh, <laughs> right. But like they, they all, they all have like uh, Footloose. Yes. Uh, Dirty Dancing, which aren't traditional musicals. They just have music in them. Right. And then, but like Gigi, the weird message of Gigi. Which I, I never saw Gigi. Well, it's about a young girl who's being trained to be a prostitute. Okay. And uh, he and it's it, a musical. And it's a musical. And it's about an older man yeah. who um, who has sort of grown up with her. He's probably six or ten years older. Than, and they, he, he was always essentially an uncle-like figure or an older brother-like figure. Mm -hmm. And then they fall in love and he realizes, oh, she's going to become a prostitute. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got to marry that. And that's the whole message is just like to save her. So she'll be my possession instead of... Instead of everyone's. And uh, it's such a weird... I remember loving it as a child. Yeah, nobody loved it <laughs> without the power of the sun. I was like, "This is so romantic." Yes, and she saved. She saved. Which I guess if we've got to do it artisanally, you know, <laughs> one at a time. Jesus God. And so, but the yeah, yeah, but they're all like you know, it's and Greece is filthy. Yeah, so many of the things you, you know, we were I was just having that conversation the other day uh, with a bunch of people about how so much of the things we loved. 
now you have to rethink, you know, and, and Greece is certainly another one. Of, I mean, pe- people have been talking about Greece for a while because it yeah. is so absurd how she turns into uh, like this slutty, hot pants wearing. Yeah, the hot whatever, pants. Right. She throws away. I mean, he, he was going to he was going to throw his away. And yes. she's like, no, I'll throw it away. And he's like, no, you're right. You should totally throw your life away. <laughs> I'll keep mine. Yeah. Yes. yeah. yes. Thanks. For when offering. on the other way. He should have thrown his greaser smoking life away and turned into a, a, a nice upstanding guy. Absolutely. Right. Why does she have to become the hot pants lady? Right. She had yeah. the moral center. She had the – she was sort of – well, and not even – she was the nicer of the two of For them. For sure. For <laughs> sure. And yeah, that was always the weird thing in the movie that I remember. Like it happened so abruptly <laughs> of like, whoa, this is how it's ending? Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, and they're not having the baby, Kaniki. Rizzo, yeah. Yeah, and uh, we're all going to dress like sluts and dance. And, and dance. And, and now we're going to fly off into the sky <laughs> in a car. Yeah. So, um, and also with gay John Travolta, there were the layers of, of the weirdness of it too, right? Right, yeah. right. And, and the, I mean, there's there's musicals and then there's um, like the Rock Hudson Doris Day musicals. Yes. Where she just sings. Because yes. she can sing. Yeah. And then he alludes to being gay. Yes. And then she <laughs> sings. And then <laughs> right. he tricks her. Every single Doris Day Rock Hudson movie is just a pack of lies. Oh, yeah. I was showing him to Andy, my husband, yeah. and he was like, he's horrible. He's a terrible person. <laughs> and I was like, I know. It's, it's unfortunate uh, in this enlightened age. But I still don't want to replace... Uh, I don't want to replace the walkie-talkies with guns or mm. the guns with walkie-talkies in E.T. Mm, right. I don't want to uh, X out the smoking in yep. Midnight Run. Yep. I don't I don't even want to bleep out the swearing in Midnight Run. Right. Um, there's there's blackface in Holiday Inn yep. that I'm like, no, no, be uncomfortable. That's right. Watch it. Yeah. And that's the only scene that woman got. Right. So why don't we give her... <laughs> That scene, yeah, because uh, she had like four lines. Sure, it's a historical documentation. It exists, and it, at the time, all the things you mentioned like won awards, right? So, yeah. yeah so that's even further cause to kind of examine. Well, this mm-hmm. is where this is where we were, right? Right, and and there's absolutely nothing. I mean, all of our guilt. This I want, I'm working on a new bit about how our all of our guilt is manageable mm. if we manage it. Calm down. Uh, yes. It's, I mean, we've, we've all made errors. Yeah. As long as you didn't, you know, obviously, you want to fix some things, fix some things. Mm. But uh, on the whole, you might have been a child. You might – we lived in a – we genuinely lived in a different time because our lives are changing so fast right now. Sure. So. Yeah, yeah. But uh, – Yeah, and, and I think, uh, again, like uh, with musicals, it, for me, it was always this diversion – so you don't even realize some of like when you're singing and dancing, you don't realize some of the absurdity of like the messages of Greece or right. West Side Story or whatever. Um, but yeah, like with with the passage of time and some more information, you... right? The new musicals are all about new things, mm-hmm. right? There's that Evan Hansen one. That's right. Yeah, it was the, is that the one about depression or suicide? I think it's about suicide. Suicide. Yeah. yeah. And then there's one about being a waitress. Come on. There's a lot of work. <laughs> some breakthroughs here. <laughs> People work for a living, you guys. That's right. Uh, there's, I think there's one about working at Amazon. <laughs> I don't even know. But um, like I have a lot of the old ones. There's, and there's scenes that, um, that I just I, – I, I fast forward through. Like, sure. 
And like I just watched Soap Dish. And oh yeah, yeah. Soap Which they Dish. made a movie about. Did they do a movie? Actually, about? Soap Dish wasn't a musical. I think I was thinking of Victor Victoria. Ah. Uh, how they came out in the eighties. You know the one that just popped into my head. I what? I don't mean to cut you off. Please. Someone has to. Sugar, which... Uh, I never saw that. Sugar it was a musical I did my senior year of high school. It was based on the movie Some Like It Hot. Jack Lemmon, Tony, yeah, yeah. Cur- Tony Curtis. So I play, uh, Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. I, I played the Tony Curtis role. The basic storyline was uh, they were musicians. Jack Lemmon, Tony Curtis played in a band. They were kind of traveling, freelance musicians. They witnessed a murder. Mm-hmm. So the mob was after them because they knew they had seen it. So they had to go on the lam as dressing up as women. Mm-hmm. And they played in an all-women band, uh, which also included Marilyn, Marilyn Monroe, Monroe as the lead singer. Right, who loved saxophone players. That's right. That's and then right. it all worked out for Tony Curtis. It all worked but, out. And then Bosom Buddies came from that. That's right. Um, that's right. And then my idea mm. uh, was, it was a Bosom Buddies but it was called Meester Seaster, and it was going to be two Latino women moved to Los Angeles, and they have to dress up like guys so they can live at the Y. And it was a joke uh, that I wrote back in 97. That's great. And I got a meeting with NBC because of it. Wow. And then I explained to them that it was a joke, and the meeting was over immediately. And I was like, no, I, but I will write that. Yeah. I thought it was just a little vaguely racist. And they're like, it wouldn't be racist for the thousands of Mexican actors that you would be employing. And I was like, fair enough. That uh, is so great. Yeah, Meester Seaster. It could have happened. It could have happened. Wow. Still could. Maybe Knock yourselves still, yeah, out. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Maybe they wouldn't call it Meester Seaster. But Bosom Buddies was terrible. That's right. So Meester Seaster sounds just as bad. <laughs> At least Meester Seaster is more honest. You know? It is. We're not hiding anything. Right. It's not It's not a big boob job that has been uh, somehow inadvertently created. So... Um, so what uh, have you have you seen any lately besides Hamilton? Did you see Rent? I never did yeah, see yeah, Rent. Yeah, I, I saw Rent. I heard it was sad. It was sad. Yeah, yeah, I saw that like at the peak of its kind of phenomenon. You know, it seems like every whatever ten years, there's something that redefines the form. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so I did see Rent. I actually remember coming away from that thinking, you know, it had it had that one. Uh, indelible song uh, Seasons of Love I think was the the one like hit that came out of that okay. that everybody knows uh, but for me I came away a little bit underwhelmed by Rent because uh, maybe because the phenomenon of you'd hearing. been blown up too much yeah, yeah. sometimes that's, I was afraid of Hamilton same freaking yeah. me out that's right I, I was like I can't and I'd listened to the album too many times and oh, so you you already were like new. I'd memorized right. the uh, the songs, and then I saw it here in Los Angeles first. Yeah, with the LA touring group. Now was and then, Lynn, um, No, I didn't was, see any original cast at all. Yeah, and then I saw it in New York, uh, probably three months later, mm-hmm. and the New York cast was better. And I was surprised, but I was talking to a theater person who said. It doesn't matter that they're coming to Los Angeles. Uh, the touring group still isn't as good as the New York group because oh, wow. everyone wants to do it on in New York on Broadway. Right. And I was like, well, you would think actors would want to perform in front of the muckety mucks in television and movies, and they're like, they can fly to New York. Right. And uh, that's true. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. But yeah. I would, yeah. I uh, it was the first one I saw. We had sort of middle floor seats. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was good, but the second time I saw it, we were sixth row Mm. in New York. And so I got to actually see people's faces. I mean, that's the thing about live theater that I think 
makes me want to go see smaller productions mm-hmm. because I like I like to be right in it. Oh yeah, I like to be sort of close to the stage. And with a musical too, it's like sensory overload. You're you're taking in so much. Yeah, yeah, it is nice to be close. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know what popped into my head actually was uh, the Book of Mormon was another one that I saw that I'm kind of curious to revisit because again that was a how phenomenon. it holds up. Yeah, yeah. Because- I just saw it. Did you? Yeah, because I, I think like with the missionary stuff and uh, it was a, a lot of, if I recall, like that kind of like... It was a little South Parky. Mm-hmm. It had the South Park kind of um, sort of the anti-gay stuff and the anti... Um, the, the, a lot of weird dick jokes that didn't... They don't... It doesn't hold up as good. I would imagine. It almost holds up. Okay. So good for them. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And at the time, I remember I had some Mormon friends who were like... It's very scathing, but it's also very funny. And mm-hmm. so they didn't dislike it. Okay. But uh, most of the Mormons I know are incredibly polite. So <laughs> who knows that's what they were really thinking? That's right. We may never know. <laughs> well, we certainly won't be here. No, They'll be here. They will. And uh, <laughs> them and their 100 pounds of grain. Good for you. <laughs> and I'm going to, we had a Mormon neighbor who was like, hey, if, uh, if the hard times come, can we have some of your grain? She's like, that's what it's for. <laughs> I was like, well, you are the nicest lady named Nellana I've ever met in my life. Yeah. Anyway. You're, you're in the right place, the right neighborhood. <laughs> so uh, we're almost at an hour. Yeah. I've barely let you talk about your thing. That's Welcome to the Dork Forest. you got to come back. Because uh, seriously, I could talk to you for um, – it's always a sign when I do more of the talking that I'm like, no, I want this person to like me. Anyway, <laughs> stop talking. It's a mission accomplished. Oh, well, yeah. ooh, wait a minute. <laughs> I do feel better. Um, so, what? Uh, yeah, what have you seen? What are your? Do you have any favorites from the old ones or the new ones or any of it? You know, from the old ones, I would say, uh, I would say, West Side Story does have a special place in my heart, just because it was that first one that wasn't so overly cheery, and also felt modern and felt cool and was interracial. It, and was New York too, which was where, where right. I'm from. So right. yeah, and and had jazz because like Leonard Bernstein was, uh, you know, uh, kind of uh, playing with genres and okay. kind of infusing it with the language. Yeah, of it jazz had a great and, message. Yeah, it, it was. I mean, it was Romeo and Juliet, but it was right. also American in a very very American racial way. So absolutely, yeah, yeah. So I think that one resonated with me pretty quickly and still does. Um, yeah, the older ones, I guess, uh, I guess. What about hair? Never did hair. I saw it once. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think my sister was in a production in college. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ Superstar. Uh, liked it, loved the, I think Andrew Lloyd Webber wrote that one, right? So, yeah, that one I liked, um, that they were playing with the form, that it was like a rock opera. Right. Kind of the hippie thing. Yeah, I like things that kind of, um, took it out of the... Uh, buttoned down, like uh, almost old timey. Oh right, Music Man. Yeah, yeah. yeah that kind of br- updated it. Um, so yeah, I, I liked that, but I didn't love the music. For me, like if I'm going to a musical, I want to leave there with at least two, maybe three songs. Where okay, I'm like, that was a that was a great song. Like buying an album. Yeah, like I'd I'd like two or three songs, yeah. and in a full production, there should be two albums, right? Or that's right. And how am I forgetting? Les Miserables is yeah. That's the oh. one that I've probably seen the most. I understand that one's sad too. 
It I is. I haven't seen that one. But it's just. It's ridiculous. I haven't. You, oh, you have to. I know. You I really to. want to. Because the French Revolution and the people rising up and a man wrongly accused. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just, I mean, that one. You talk about like songs that you, you leave, you know, with, with uh, multiple songs that you remember forever. Um, yeah, Les Miserables is probably the musical that I've seen the most in the theater, too, I, like on Broadway or various. I think I saw You'll it in go London. to various productions? I went to London. I was doing a gig in London. Yeah. And I think on the Sunday that I had off or whatever, I went to see Les Miserables there. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, that one to me just is just such a universal message of humanity and hope. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, oh, it's, yeah, ultimately, I think it's hope, but it's. Um, it's sad too, you know. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, sure. yeah. I'll, well, and I tend to cry oh, at, yeah. at movies and and musicals and books. Same here. Real life, not as much. You really, <laughs> you just got to punch me in the nose. Yeah, uh, but uh, that's not true. <laughs> but uh, but for the most part, um, yeah. So okay, so I'll see the lame is and. Yeah. Uh, that is fascinating. Ted Alexandro, thank you for your time. My pleasure, Jackie. This has been a delight. Everyone at Ted Alexandro, uh, try to go see that uh, that clip of him at the Comedy Cellar. Was it a week ago? week and a half? Uh, it came out a week and a half ago, but it's from a month September. Ago, yeah, about a month ago. All right. Yeah. And go to atcspecials.com and get Senior Class of Earth because uh, that's his new special, and it's a delight. Thanks so much for being. Thank you. Rangers, you know the rules out there. Take care of each other. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. Thank we you. Why don't we just call that as the end of the show?